0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 323 of the Fun With Cars Motorsports Podcast or episode 10 of 2022. I'm Robin Warner. It is Thursday afternoon, April 28th and I'm going to briefly go over the results of the Italian Grand Prix at Imola and then jump into an interview with Wayne Taylor Racing's Ricky Taylor. We talk about the season so far what to expect at Laguna Seca this weekend, the upcoming LMDH car, and what it's like seeing former IMSA competitor Kevin Magnussen back in Formula 1 and doing well. Chris and I will schedule a time to talk all about Formula 1 news and action, but no doubt, Imla was a resurgent week for Red Bull Racing, with a 1-2 finish. And it was great to see Norris back on the podium after McLaren struggled so much at the beginning of the season. And despite Mercedes' continued struggles, George Russell managed to capitalize on every opportunity to finish fourth. Similar story for Botas to bring his Alfa Romeo car home fifth. Leclerc was the top Ferrari, finishing sixth after a mistake cost him a chance at P2. Sonoda had a strong race to bring the Alfa Tauri home seventh, and Sebastian Vettel led a double points finish for Aston Martin Racing, finishing eighth and stroll tenth with Kevin Magnussen sneaking in between the two to bring home two more points for Haas, finishing ninth. Obviously, there is a ton more to talk about about the Le Grand Prix and Formula One racing in general, and Chris Roche and I will get together to record something as soon as possible. But, okay, I was lucky enough to get another chance to speak with Acura ARX05 DPI driver Ricky Taylor ahead of his two-hour and 40-minute IMSA race at Laguna Seca this weekend. So let's hear that now. Ricky Taylor, driver of the Wayne Taylor Racing Acura ARX05 DPI car. How are you?
1: I'm great. Yeah, thanks for thanks for talking again. Um, yeah, just here in Laguna, ready to go, so everything's good.
0: Well, uh, Laguna is just one of my favorite tracks. I, I've never raced it myself, but I've been a couple of times uh, for the historics, and I've obviously obviously watched it several times for IMSA and IndyCar and uh, uh, all kinds of different things. It's just such a beautiful track with such amazing natural terrain. So I, it's a highlight for me. Is it a highlight for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's race are not always in the most glamorous parts of the world, um, but this is one of the most beautiful areas of, of the country, and and the track itself is just such a historic, uh, fun track to drive, um, and also, you know, you always love the ones where you've had you know recent success, so um, it's nice to come back, for sure, and so it's always a good one for, for Acura.
0: Well, and you need some success. It's been <laughs> a frustrating year for me, for you, on, like, on your behalf. <laughs> I can only imagine being, because you were... You know, Daytona 24-hour, you were, in fact, uh, you were in an Acura 1-2, but you were the two of the Acura 1-2. And then 12 hours of Sebring and Long Beach, it's just been dominant for the Cadillacs, and that's got to be frustrating.
1: Yeah, like you said, the the two out of the one two, it's it's nice, but that it also hurts at the same time when you're when you're that close in that event. Um, yeah, and no joke on on that. We we kind of need to get winning here. We haven't had a weekend like Long Beach, and uh, I can't remember the last time we've had a weekend like that where um, we just were out of the game the entire time. So. Um, coming to coming to Laguna, we're, we're definitely excited to get those two rounds behind us. And the next three, four races are really where the the pressure is going to be on the pressure is never on when you're not expected to win or expected to have a chance to win. Um, so Long Beach, we the pressure wasn't necessarily on, we were trying to, you know, overcome uh, a track that that doesn't necessarily suit us so now these next three or four races uh it's the other way around and we have to we have to make sure that we capitalize on these tracks because if we don't if we don't start gaining some points back in the next two races we're um we're going to be running out of time so that this weekend is hugely critical for us
0: i i have to say there's irony in the fact that the acura long bleach grand prix is not an acura suited (laughs) Track, but it, it is just it is what it is. So there's no arguing against that. And so, wh- what what about Laguna and the other races that you have coming up that suit the ARX O five?
1: Yeah, the um, Acura really likes those high speed, smooth tracks that um, you can really run the car in its in its preferred window. Um, when we go to the slow, bumpy places like, like Detroit, uh, Long Beach, a little bit Sebring, you know, Daytona's is even not great for us. Even though we over, we we came away with a one-two, um, normally that's not our greatest track. But when we get to, to Mid Ohio, Laguna, Road America, those places the car really comes alive. And last year we didn't capitalize on, on road America. So this year going back, that's one that we need to check off of our list as well. But yeah, those, those places where we can run the car really low, um, really take advantage of, of the amazing uh, downforce and aerodynamics that this car can make uh, w- without compromising it for, for bumps and all that stuff really, really makes this car come alive.
0: So you, uh, you know, talking about running the cars really low, you're, you're reminding me very much of formula one now that they have tunnels on their, their floors again. And it's, you're t- talking about how the lower you get the car, the more effective you can make the downforce. And um, do, do, do your cars have tunnels on the floor or is it just that running it low makes the wings more effective?
1: Yeah, essentially, uh, you know, we have, we have the, a very complex floor and, you know, I don't know the percentage, but the majority of the downforce comes from underneath the car, and that arrow window is is very small. So, certain tracks like Road Atlanta, we have to raise the car for one bump on the racetrack, and just that one bump. It sounds silly, but that one bump causes us to raise the car three millimeters, which which costs us hundreds of pounds of downforce. And you know, the fact that they 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 check the skids and they they check all of that stuff for making sure that we're, we're not running too low really compromises us, so that's why going to these smooth places we're at such a premium where we, we can actually run the car in the window that that you know maximizes the work that the floor does
0: yeah well and and it, that's that's it is literally a game of millimeters and it's kind of incredible you know because your your car generates multiple thousands of pounds of downforce, ultimately at high enough speeds. But when you're taking hundreds away, you're talking about, you know, as much as 25% in certain places. So if you think of that, would be like going from a high performance uh, summer tire to an all season on your road car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good way to put it. It is. I mean, grip is grip. And the nice thing, it's not like adding rear wing or taking rear wing off where you, you have a, a change in efficiency it's the lower the better it's it's there's no penalty for for downforce there's no drag penalty for running the car lower so yeah when when, when when it when comes come from the floor
0: the, that's exactly right yeah
1: exactly yeah so it's it's and like like your analogy with the tires as well it's it's the same it's it's just it's just a gain in grip and i think that's something that we've we've learned a lot about you know the difference between racing in America and racing in Europe is that we have to be able to run the car on you know completely different types of race tracks where um the origin origins of this car come from the orca and you know it was designed to race at spa you know Paul Ricard, le mans all those tracks which are are like uh like an ice skating rink like super smooth <laughs> and yeah. so uh, yeah it's it's i think i think it's definitely a note at least for for the next gen car.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely right. Now, um, I was going to ask how you felt about balance of performance this year. Was that something where you feel it? It maybe you got a little bit on the harsh side of BOP.
1: Yeah, I think I think Cadillac has has upped their game this year. I think for one, because at the, throughout last year we felt pretty pretty even, honestly with the with the BOP, we were. There are, there are tracks that favor one more than the other, and that's natural. That's, I think, the way that IMSA wants to run the BOP, not chasing it right track to track. So I think it's a, a bit of a balance between two things. I think it's Cadillac's found a bit of pace, and uh, honestly, IMSA's been teching the floors a bit more strictly, so we haven't been able to run the car quite as low as, as we, we had been, and so between those two variables the gap grew at Sebring and Long Beach so I I feel like like it's come back a bit in our direction so at the same time that we're going to tracks that are more suited to us as well so um yeah if it stays like this for the rest of the year when we get to Detroit or Atlanta we should be it should be pretty I I would say pretty fair pretty pretty close between the manufacturers but yeah, it's I, I I can't I can't say that it's it's purely down to to BOP because it seems like the Cadillacs found something uh, between last year and this year.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's it's down to BOP and your no good, dirty, rotten teammates who aren't holding a, you. You can't carry this whole team, Ricky. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wish, I wish we could say that
0: for sure. Well, I, I definitely can say that, so I will say that <laughs> and continue to. You uh, are much more intelligent and diplomatic than I am, sir. <laughs> um, so yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. So you've got Laguna Seca coming up. I've been there. That's definitely a smooth place. It's an awesome place elevation-wise. And you, the, the corkscrew is the most famous corner, but it is actually also one of the slowest. And in a lot of ways, one of the least important, you know, when you get turns like 9 and 10, uh, which are downhill, fast, crazy corners, um, that's what really opens up things for Laguna Seca. I'm surprised that you consider, I didn't, I don't consider mid-Ohio a terribly smooth track, especially with those concrete inserts in certain spots, but is it smooth enough for your car?
1: Yeah, it's smooth in a way that it's not limiting ride height. I should say, um, when you have a a bump at high speed, that's when you know at high speed the car is at its lowest. So a high speed bump is always going to be worse than a low speed bump. So you know if it's if it's Long Beach where the bumps are right as right before you hit the brakes for turn one, uh, that's going to limit how low you can run the car where uh or in at ohio the the speed at which you hit the bumps is is pretty low so that's not going to make you raise the car for those ones it's not going to be bottoming there um, it's still going to be lower uh you know on the smooth back straight um so so yeah that's it's it just seems to work out that way that that where the bumps are don't don't upset us too much
0: so this weekend is Laguna Seca, then mid-Ohio, as I kind of suggested without actually saying. And then after that, it is Detroit, which is definitely a bumpier place. But in my memory serves me well. Acura has been competitive there in the past. I know, uh, I know that certainly in the Cadillac era, you guys have been on pole. It's been a strong race for you guys in the past. Um, yeah. But it's a track you know well. It's just you're just talking about whether the car is suited to the track or not,
1: yeah, I think I think you know long Beach is worst case scenario for us. that track is one that just does not mesh with us or with, with this car, and um, we really have to kind of go out of the box to to make the car work there uh Detroit's somewhere in the middle, it's got some nice high speed sections where we where we kind of make up. For what we lose in the low-speed mechanical stuff, and um, and so yeah, uh, Detroit isn't quite as bad as 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 Long Beach. I, th- I still think that we're the BOP's changed a lot since 2019, when we won there, or when Acura won there. So it's not quite as good as it was then, but it's we're in we're in with a fight and i think with with these last two two changes we should be we should be at least fighting not like long beach where we were kind of on the outside looking in it should be we should be in with a chance at least which is all we can ask for because there are races that suit us there's races that suit cadillac the only thing you can ask for is at least you can strategize your way into it or or whatever it might be
0: yeah and absolutely um now I'm I'm this is the last time I'll bring up bad memories and I apologize for this, but um the twelve hours of seabring, you had you know, that's when we last spoke that was coming up. You had reasonably high hopes for that, and rightfully so. It it just seemed I I mean, when I when I the parts of the race that I watched and what I read about it just seems more than anything you guys just got unlucky.
1: Yeah, I I mean we had an issue with with the pit exit where we messed up the box there and got the penalty for that, which we. Well,
0: but that wasn't you just, driving, like, Ricky. That wasn't you driving, yeah, Ricky. That was. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll all of us for that one.
1: But I mean, it, we deserved the penalty for it, and so you can't say that that was bad luck. I guess the place where we would have liked a bit of luck, good luck would have been to get a yellow, and we didn't get a yellow for four hours straight, which was just mind blowing. I thought at at the time, and um, and so going without a yellow just we just got stuck there um you know about 70 or 80 seconds behind the leader for for all that time and and fought back to to gain one position on track but i thought we had decent pace and the, the car was the car was very good uh, which everybody always says after the race when you don't win <laughs> um, but uh but yeah I, I i think we we had a car for higher than we showed and although we deserved the penalty it was uh, maybe a little bad luck not to get not to get any yellows in that as long of a stretch.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. So Laguna Seca is a place where you're 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 more hopeful, you're more confident that it suits your car. What about how do you look at you guys versus Meyer Shank? Obviously, you're under the Acura umbrella, but you I know WTR would love to take the W to to yeah. have a little play there. I'd, I mean where Where do you think your strengths are against Meyer Shank, and how do you play that battle
1: yeah I, uh, Meyer shank has been uh, has done a wonderful job this year. they uh, obviously winning Daytona they were quite competitive uh, they're definitely more competitive than than us in Long Beach. Um, Sebring seemed like we had the upper hand there but and i think I think they've improved a lot over the off season. Uh, after coming back to prototypes in 2021, um, so that, yeah, they're very strong, and I think Blomquist and Jarvis are a, are a, a very strong team. You know, both having experience with with IMSA racing uh, for a couple of years, and uh, and working well together, it seems. So, yeah, I think I think obviously we're both under the HPD family, so um, first of all, we want to do well for Acura, but like you said, we want to be we want to be the one carrying the flag and uh and winning races and i think we have to i think it's more on us to execute better uh they just they just seem to have executed a bit better so far this year and we we need to do a better job in the races of uh because i think the car has been good but uh, we, we we need to do, a, to do a better job in order to to be kind of carrying that flag
0: yeah yeah um now wayne taylor racing also seems to be diversifying a little bit. I hope I'm remembering this correctly. You guys have you guys are helping with a Super Traveo uh, team, is that right?
1: Yeah, the team has been running in the Super Traveo series for oh, probably 6 or 7 years now. I mean Oh maybe, my god, okay. All
0: right. Well, I read yeah. I thought something was new about it. Maybe it was just a new driver or something along those lines.
1: Well, they're running five cars now, which is more than ever.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> it's, Should it's, one of those cars crazy. be for Ricky Taylor? See, that's the, that was the question <laughs> I was going to. Why not hop in a Lamborghini?
1: <laughs> well, the, the world final is actually in Portugal this year. And Philippe was pushing the team so hard to get us to drive together there.
0: Wh- which but which I track in Portugal? Estoril or Portimao? I,
1: I think it's Portimao. Oh, that that um, track is
0: insanely good. Have you ever been?
1: I've never been, but he tells us all about it. Did oh, you go,
0: Ricky. Seriously, yeah, I've driven road cars there. It's in it's it's good. It's it's very <laughs> very good. It's like it's oh, cool. like it's like Sebring and um, Laguna Seca. Had a child.
1: Oh, awesome! Yeah. Okay, that's a good combo, then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he 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 talked to the Lambo guys, and he was going to try get us a car there and to run the the racing. But uh, I don't think our team manager was having any of it to, to run a sixth car. I think that would have made somebody's head explode. So
0: you got to go straight to the <laughs> so, top, man. You, you I, yeah. listen. Now that I'm a father, I know how much pull children have over yeah. their dads. <laughs> Just give your dad one of those heartfelt puppy dog eyes, please. I'm telling you. That can move mountains, man. (laughs) Well, I mean, your dad's English. Offer him a nice cup of tea. I don't know.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was funny. We spoke last, and I was talking about my ability to have an English accent. And And I thought about after the call, I was like, oh, God, I forgot who Rick's dad was. Uh, he would, (laughs) my, my English accent is an awful version of a Cockney accent from Mary Poppins. Uh, So it's, it's not, it's not going to get me very far. Um, (laughs) I, I did also, I wanted to ask you about, this is a little bit outside of the box, but he was a former competitor, uh, Kevin Magnuson. He, he's now, he's back in front of the one. I, how, how do you guys view that to me? It was kind of a a nice example of like, look how good Kevin Magnusson is doing in Formula One now, and he was competitive but not some major standout in IMSA racing. Just to show you how high the level of IMSA racing drivers really are.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's nice to have that back to back comparison. Obviously. It would be nice to say, "Oh, I could go over there and do what he's doing, but I know that's not the truth i know, I, know, I know that's where the majority of his experience and expertise is um, but it's uh, you know it's always hard to go into a new environment and to excel at the top level." And it is nice to see that he didn't just come over and just kill us all that you know he he fit in and he was competitive but not uh not not destroying everything and then going back and showing obviously what a great driver he is and I also got to be his teammate at Lamar last year
0: oh uh, right yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: we were in the same team, and he's he's very very talented very 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 fast so it's, it's no surprise, obviously, but a lot of our paddock comes from that you know, road of going to F one or, or a lot of them having been in F one at some point or another and it is it's always nice to compare yourself against the best in the world. And I think that's what sports car racing has more than almost any any other form is they turn Rio, you've got IndyCar, F one, NASCAR, sports cars and, and you can see how everybody kinda matches up together even if it isn't their their, you know, home home car and home series.
0: You're exactly right. And Daytona, I mean, Daytona is really interesting because you also have the wealthy 60-something-year-old bronze driver, (laughs) right? Like you have – what you have is the variety because you absolutely do. And I think what was a little bit more unique about Kevin – I'm using his first name like we're buddies – is that um, he he was an active Formula One driver and then – went back to being an active Formula One driver. Yeah. As, you know, so that that's what, because, you know, you get, you know, I know Lance Stroll was in the Daytona a couple years ago anyway, um, and yeah. there's there's a couple like that, but usually, usually it's former F1 drivers that are now in sports cars or whatever. True. Right? Yeah. So it, it, that was what was nice about this, to get this proper current F1 driver, we can now say, and put up against the top IMSA drivers, and obviously yeah. he was competitive, but he was not seconds faster than anybody at any time.
1: Yes, yes, yeah, that's so true. They you often don't see them go back, and and I think you know there's a there's a definitely a history of drivers coming from sports cars going to to F1, with you know Weber and Schumacher at some point in their careers, and um, and it's it's not unheard of, but it is nice to to be a part of that that generation where you know it's, it's kind of unlikely these days that that once you go to sports cars you, you think ah, he's, he's over the hill or washed up or whatever and he's gonna go <laughs> just settle down for the next 20 years but he's just <laughs> as sharp as ever and, and he proved it so it's it's cool
0: yeah well when you're when you're done with sports cars you can settle down and relax in formula one for a couple seasons yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. So you, you you mentioned it uh, in passing, but it's something I'm I'm very. Have you how involved have you been with the 23 Acura entry, and uh, is there anything you can tell us about how that's going?
1: Yeah, it has been super exciting. I you know the last time we we were able to be involved with developing a car was with the the Cadillac DPI. Way to the racing was the development team for that, and and now getting to be a part of the Accurate. It'll be the Air x O six. Is is miles and miles more complicated, and it's been super fun to be uh, to be a part of that development process so far in the design process. I should say it's not in development yet uh, until we get on track and everything. But um, as far as you know, laying out the cockpit and being involved as a as a driver of you know how do we need to make this car work on American racetracks and the American style of racing with, you know, you know how different it is to, to European racing. We have uh, quite a, quite a different view on, you know, what we need to, to be successful here versus there. And, and Oric obviously has a lot of experience for the European style, but it's been amazing. And I think the more impressive thing for me has been the team that's being built at HPD and, and Honda and Acura, uh, after coming out of F1 as uh, world champions, Honda is coming into, uh, at some extent, uh, a hybrid sports car program. Uh, although it's not, it's all, it's not all of Honda Japan. It's, it's a lot of the team that's getting hired up by by HPD in in California, and the team at HPD is growing like crazy. Full of, you know, we've got battery experts and. You know people to run the hybrids and all these all these new departments and teams for for making sure that we're competitive and I think something that we have that's somewhat of an advantage is is obviously that that f one experience so being so fresh but also the the kind of side by side development with the IndyCar program with them going to hybrids as well so um, there's a lot of a lot of people that are you know crossing over and and sharing notes and it's it's become a a massive massive operation that you know when it started probably about a year ago thinking about LNDH it was you know half the size so it's it's for me it's extremely exciting
0: yeah well and you're absolutely right and also I mean for so long I, I know I personally always looked at racing as great the ultimate proving ground great test bed so. Amazing technologies start in racing and come to the wider automotive world. But, you know, the way things have worked, that kind of flipped with the electrification. The automotive world is sure. very quickly going EV. And there's yeah. also there's almost a little bit of catch up that racing needs to do. And yet there is still no more uh brutal test ground than a racetrack and racing drivers. And I really think that there's also some real excitement of what we're going to learn about these new powertrains as it becomes more accepted in a wider range of racing because it's it's easier to make the step from an IMSA race car to a road car than it is a Formula 1 race car to a road car. So I think that the development, especially what's going on with the 23 cars, the LMDH cars, you know, it's going to be really exciting. So Ricky, you're changing the world, sir.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Like for, for me, I, I feel like I, I need to learn a lot about all these systems and new technologies. And it's been, it's been a lot that we've been, you know, drinking through a fire hose, I think, as they say. And I think, like you said, we have to, we kind of have to stay relevant with the rest of the world, with the way the world is going. And I think hybrid technology is is keeping us there, and I think it, racing is such a good place to to learn and to put things under stress, uh, not only for the cars but I think for people as well. And training people and uh, in a stressful environment where you know you're forced to make decisions on you know rapidly changing environments and things. And the hybrids are going to be it, it it's good because while it's not completely open for you know the hardware side the software side is is massively open and that's where so much of the development is going to be going for DH. and i think that applies to the the rest of the world so closely and i think it's going to be interesting how how after after year one what kind of things we're going to be saying that that we learned and that they can kind of you know take in different directions whether it's road cars or or the next generation whatever it is
0: Really well put. Well, Ricky Taylor, good luck at Laguna Seca uh, this coming weekend. And definitely, I'm hoping that uh, some some luck does indeed come Wayne Taylor Racing's way. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us.
1: Thank you, Robin. It's always good talking to you.
0: It's always great to talk with Ricky Taylor as he gives such an honest and interesting view of sports car racing. Thank you, Ricky. All right, so we've got a lot of racing coming up. We are in the full swing of everything. Um, We get a week off of Formula One. The next race is the Grand Prix of Miami, May 6th through the 8th. Um, But we have the IMSA race, as I said, that's coming at Laguna Seca. And IndyCar will be racing in Alabama this week as well, same day. And finally, what could be more exciting than my latest YouTube videos? I actually have two to talk about. Earlier this week, I did a review of the Toyota RAV4 Prime which is a plug-in hybrid version of Toyota's small SUV. And just earlier today, I interviewed someone from Acura Product Planning to learn more about the Integra, and that included how much it will cost. Two videos that are definitely interesting to check out in the car world. Please, please, please check them out. But for now, I want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment to review us on iTunes or on whatever platform you get our podcasts Please leave comments on the episode of your choice by going to funwithcars.com. As always, I can be reached at feedback at funwithcars.com. Tweet us at fun underscore with underscore cars. And check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fwcars. I'm Robin Warner. Goodbye.